Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Come back with your host, Toby McKinnon. Oh, welcome to Wednesday with Wombat. Things are back to almost status quo here. So uh, great to be with you on this fine and sunny and beautiful day in Melbourne, which uh, those in Melbourne will know it is not. It is quite wet outside. But we live to fight another day now. I am in studio. I'm back on the buttons. I've got Tomo across from me. So uh, he's the emergency throw. If something goes awry, goes awry, he's there for support. Now, today's show, we continue on our Harness Charity Challenge theme. The first couple of weeks been so much wonderful feedback to the shows and what people are doing for the Harness Charity Challenge. And what I sort of love most about uh, the feedback to the stories and the interviews with some of our contestants in the Harness Charity Challenge is, I don't mind if he wins. Having heard his story, I'm happy for him to win. And it just seems that every per- after I interview every one of these guests, at the end of it, you hear a little bit about their story and their connection to a charity and you think to yourself, yep, happy for him to win. So hopefully we get a bit of more, bit more of that today. Uh, we've got Matthew Pierce on. Now, I'm telling you, he tipped eight winners in a row, eight days or sort of eight days in a row. Uh, well, there was a funny day in the middle there where uh, meeting at Mildura was washed out, so his tip didn't run and he was allowed to tip twice the next day. So it was pretty much eight Harness Charity Challenge tips in a row, which is almost unheard of. They were three dollars sixty, two fifty, four dollars, two seventy, four twenty, six sixty, three seventy, and four thirty. To tip eight days in a row, a winner every day. It's some sort of a, some sort of a, uh, an achievement. So we got Maddie on. Uh, he's going to take a break from work, uh, and I don't know too much else about Maddie. Uh, he, I found a picture of him, and he looks a little bit like Ed Sheeran. Uh, which I don't think's unfamiliar to him because he's also got a picture up of Ed Sheeran. So whether he's um, taking the P1 out of himself, I'm not sure, but we'll clear up a few things with Matty. He seems a lovely bloke in the three uh, Twitter DMs we've had privately to organise him to come onto this show. We've also got Adam Logan, a man who's been on Twitter for a long time. Prolific is an understatement. He can punch out 10 tweets an hour over a period of a whole day, I reckon. He does tweet a lot uh, about a range of different things. And somehow he's in the Harness Charity Challenge. He's partnered up with James Herbertson. I know James Herbertson very well. I spoke to James yesterday. And 
I don't know how it came about that they were partnered up. Adam was in Victoria for a period of time. He's now back up in Queensland. He's a great harness man amongst many other things. So we'll catch up with Adam Logan as well. And we did a record last week with Ollie from Pike in the last. I was uh, otherwise engaged in my uh, judging commitments on the Wednesday. So the whole show last week was pre-recorded and uh, as I was at stall, like literally working as the show was going to air, uh, there must have been a glitch in the system. Brett Coffee got played twice. So we will go back over and grab the Ollie Pike in the last and we'll get him to air as well. I had one other uh, person uh, locked in, but unfortunately uh, his son is unwell. So we wish him all the best as well and hopefully his son recovers. And uh, he had a his charity was a pretty special charity too, which I did want to bring to light. So hopefully we can have that person uh, come on as well. Uh, and of course, Garrick Knight with a very, we've got one runner to discuss, one, but there's plenty happening in New Zealand harness racing, some really strange results on the surface over in Kiwiland last weekend. So we might touch on that a little bit and uh, a look going forward as well as it's almost, it feels like it's almost tomorrow. The New Zealand Cup will be on by the time it comes around it certainly won't be much of a difference. I also tweeted something out. And, well, yep, I work for HRV. but And I'll preface prefix this with it's very, very difficult compiling any sort of a calendar or anything or meeting calendar or programming races. But next Thursday, there's a day meeting at Cranbourne. We know the participants hate day meetings at Cranbourne because it's too hard getting across Melbourne. It's too risky with traffic and everything during the day. I'm not sure how this popped in on the Thursday, but there's there's a Kil- Kilmore on Wednesday night. So if you live in Melton, Rockbank, all around that area, would you go to Cranbourne on the Thursday and risk the traffic when there's Kilmore the Wednesday night? There's even Shepparton that night. And then there's Geelong Saturday night with country front races. So Cranbourne is competing with Kilmore, Shepparton and Geelong. We saw seven races with small fields at Warrigal last Monday. Oh, I'd be pretty concerned about Cranbourne getting a meeting away nearly next week. That's It, it could be as significant as there's, there'll be 30-odd horses uh, local that are at the training centre at Cranbourne and God, God above, thank God they built that training centre because without it, there'd nearly be no meeting there this week. That You couldn't run a meeting there without it. I, I know Swan Hill are doing the $50 fuel vouchers, but I don't think the, 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 the Cranbourne Club have invested in the training centre, which is a very sustainable option. I don't think a fuel voucher is going to attract people when the the, the issue is how long and how early do you have to leave? I know Mick Bellman, Mick Bellman can get to Cranbourne when it's a midweek meeting an hour and a half early because he allows himself an hour and a half extra. And if it's actually a good run, he's then at Cranbourne an hour and a half before he needs to be. If it's a bad run, he needs every one of those 90 minutes extra to get there. Oh, I have real concerns about Cranbourne next Thursday, their meeting and I'm pretty sure, spoke briefly with David Scott, that the club has some real concern around it as well. And my last point on that before I move on, 
I look at Ash Wharton. Ash trains stands a long way somewhere. Probably should have looked it up, but he loves Cranbourne Sunday nights. He's always in at Cranbourne Sunday nights. He works a full-time job Monday to Friday. And a Sunday night meeting for him at Cranbourne regularly every Sunday just suits because as a as a hob as a part-time professional, which he is, he doesn't work on Sundays, so he can easily take, you know, take that time to go to Cranbourne. The traffic's consistent for him. It's actually a pretty good run to Geelong on a Sunday generally, if you, if as long as there's no major roadworks. He won't be there on a Thursday at Cranbourne. He's got to work. He's he wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have thought he would go there when he's got Kilmore, Shepparton, and Geelong as other options. So all people like that. There's a lot of people like that. Um, you know, Tim McGuigan or nearly always has two or three horses in at Cranbourne. Will he be going there next Thursday? I doubt it. So I just I have concerns about that race meeting. I'm not sure where they're going to get the fields from for that meeting. Uh, next week. So hopefully it works out. Maybe some people think, well, if no one else is going, I might get a nice, easy, cheap race. Let's take our first break and we'll come back the other side with the eight in a row man, an astounding achievement, Matt Pierce. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. You're still the one on Trot's Life and chosen specifically love songs and dedications on Trot's Life to Matthew Pierce. You're still the one. Matthew, welcome on board, mate. And the first question I ask everybody is, how are you and where are you today, mate? Matthew, are you there? Everything's right on my side. Yeah, thanks, Toby. Thanks for having me on. Um, Let's talk about the charity challenge. Um, Today I'm at... I'm at work, uh, just in the city. In Melbourne, that is, I assume. Toby, you there? Yep. Well, there's a real, um, there's a really bad delay here, I reckon, Tomo. We've uh... yes, Toby. Uh, I work in the city in Exhibition Street. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us, tell us a little bit, mate, about uh, your involvement in harness racing, and uh, you know, I see ownerships down there as well. So, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Toby. So I um, became involved or interested in harness racing as a child. Um, my dad, Jeff, um, has been uh, you know, very interested in harness racing um, basically his whole life. Um, there's stories you know, amongst our family that he used to go off to the TAB in Rushworth uh, during recess and lunch breaks at school. Um, whether that's right or wrong, probably never going to be truly confirmed. But um, So I've always sort of um, had that interest with dad uh, in the in the in the game, and um, as I've got older, I've sort of um, yeah just kept an active interest in the in the sport. Um, growing up in the Gamby, um, I sort of developed an interest in the local trainers and the horses they had running around. Um, you know, uh, Winita Breen is someone I've I've recently um, got involved in a horse with, um, so I've sort of followed her quite closely. David Aiken. Um, and even um, as a child, I remember um, meeting the great Ginger Gleeson and developing, uh, you know, a bit of a, f- a friendship, I guess, seeing him at the trots regularly. Um, he used to come off the track and, and roll me into the side of the sulky and, and take me take me for a bit of a ride back to the stables. So that was certainly a, a bit of a thrill as a young young kid. 
Um, it sort of really topped off a, a fun night out at the trots with that. We are battling a bit of a delay here, but we're going to press on, mate. So there's going to be some gaps for the audience, but if they just uh, hold on through this delay each time, that'll be okay. Now, uh, the number one reason uh, we played that song, You Are The One, you've tipped eight winners in a row from the start of this competition, Just Hope at 360, Raw from Roscoe, and I note the Juanita Breen connection at 250. Our old mate Lotta Kevy at four dollars, Rubens Pied at two seventy, Dancers at four twenty, Lopez at six sixty, Hidden Figure at three seventy, and then Rock and Roll Do at four thirty, which was a golden pun as well. Tipping what the your history around gambling and, and betting is has it just been the luck of the draw or is that something that you've been that you do a lot of? Uh, is it something that's just a pastime and you've just struck it lucky here for for a run? Yeah, so from the charity perspective, um, it obviously is a, a good opportunity to sort of uh, get involved more regularly. Um, certainly, I'm not a day-to-day puncher per se, but um, certainly, you know, getting involved in the charity for a good cause um, and, you know, a bit of fun, I guess. A bit of banter on Twitter is always fun as well. Um, from the from the perspective of being able to back, you know, eight winners in a row, that's certainly a lot of luck. Um there's a little bit of a formula I like to use in terms of trying to pick a winner here and there. Um, so, you know, uh, the rating system, I think, is one of the things I like to focus on. Um, you know, there's, you know, the ratings certainly give you a good guide as to where you think a horse might um, be able to place. And certainly the, the information that's sort of available to you now uh, through the different sources, um, such as the TAB website, Harness Race, in Victoria, um, certainly SEN track, you know, the amount of, of information that's available to people wanting to have a bet or, you know, just made it, maintain an interest in the sport certainly um, makes life a little bit easier these days. Um, so, yeah, from that perspective, I guess keeping an active interest in particular stables or particular drivers, um, you know, there's a couple of horses that I've been able to to have a bit of a win on uh, since the start of the competition where I've sort of followed them over several months. Um, I think you mentioned a lot of Kevy there, you know, a horse that's had probably 150 to 200 starts. Um, it seems to, seems to just bob up and win the occasional race. So every time that goes around, I like to keep, keep it close. Um, a couple of dollars here and there. Um, and, you know, as I said earlier with, um, my connection with Juanita Breen at Avenal just to um, you know, keep an eye on her horses and when I see one running around, um, certainly have a couple of dollars there. Colin Duncan's another one with um, Lopez, uh, Lopez um, that saluted last week. Um, again, just you know, through, through knowing Colin and Juanita um, and, and the work that they do with their horses, pretty consistent um, performance. So, yeah, certainly keep them close when I'm um, selecting... Um, yeah, selecting, trying to select the winner for the competition. Now, mate, uh, the final question. You're doing a good job here because you're giving nice long answers because there is a bad delay. But um, the Ronald McDonald House charity uh, is a pretty special charity. And um, I do touch on this from time to time, but my son had about 100 days at the Royal Children's in the first 18 months of his life. And that's uh, an ongoing battle that he has throughout his whole life. 
Uh, the Ronald McDonald House uh, is an amazing uh, charity in... I could tell you a story about a family from Queensland that were basically uh, moved to Melbourne because their son was so ill. That was the best place he could get care. And, and what they were doing for him as we got to know them over time, they were, they were basically always in the same ward of the hospital we were. What they did for them was just uh, out of this world to give them a place to stay. So is there a special connection between you and Ronald McDonald House or is that just a charity that you identified? It's a charity that it's a charity that I identified Toby because um, our son Vincent was born in January 2021. Um, he was eight weeks premature and spent quite a long, uh, quite a few weeks in the intensive care nursery. Um, during that time, my partner Alan and I um, you know, met a lot of people who were um, you know, visiting the hospital regularly. Um, to like for their um, children, um, and um, you know had come from quite a distance. We were very fortunate in the fact that while our son was in hospital during COVID, we only live in essence, so it's quite a short distance away, and we didn't require that additional support. But we certainly became aware of people who were doing it tough. Um, and since uh, sort of in the last you know twelve months or so, um, our son has also been required to. Um, go into the Royal Children's Hospital on a number of occasions. Um, fortunately, he's been okay. It's only resulted in short stays. But again, we've seen seen the hardship that people are going through in that space around the hospital. And um, certainly, I just wanted to sort of get involved and I guess acknowledge and shine some light on the fact that um, there are these support services available for people doing it tough. Uh, it's a very stressful time when your kids end up in hospital. So um, yeah, it just was something that I felt um, if I was able to, you know, lucky enough to raise some money for Royal McDonald House charities, um, I know the money would be uh, well spent and be going to the right place. Because, um, yeah, as I say, it's certainly a very worrying time when your kids are sick. Um, you feel so helpless. So um, anything that we can do to help support families in that space would be um, excellent, an excellent outcome. It certainly is, mate. And, uh Oh, I could tell stories about uh, one morning after uh, my son was on two hourly feed. So we had to, I had to get up every two hours and it'd take about 40 minutes to feed him. And so you'd sort of, you know, by the time you fed him and got him back to sleep and everything, it'd be uh, a minute, uh, like nearly an hour had gone past and you'd be setting your alarm for another hour's time. And this went on two nights in a row. And I got up the next morning, I went down and get a coffee and the lady looked looked at me funny and I said, what's wrong? And she said, uh, you've had a big night, haven't you? I said, I have had a big night. Why is that? And she said, well, your shirt's back to front and your shorts are inside out. Uh, so I understand that uh, you can be all over the place when you're in the, uh, in the Royal Children's Hospital with your son. And if you've come a long way from three or four hours away in particular, you certainly can't commute there and back. And then you've got issues of where you're going to stay and do you have to pay for accommodation somewhere? Well, you don't because... Um, the uh, Ronald McDonald House offer that people from those far distance places a accommodation for the night. And uh, it's a wonderful charity that you've chosen. And uh, we thank you, mate, for coming on the show. There is a terrible delay, so we, we may not uh, even get your, resp- <laughs> your response yeah. to this. Um, but I thank you for coming on the show. And uh, I'll just play a little bit of music uh, in between. 
and hopefully you can come on and uh, we thank you for coming on and best of luck with the rest of the cha- of the uh, charity uh, of the Harness Charity Challenge. And uh, we are having issues with the phone box. If you couldn't tell that, if you couldn't pick that up in that first half an hour, uh, I think it's time your head put down, get yourself checked out. Uh, so can't ring Darren. I will. I would still love to have Darren on. Uh, Matty Pierce just sent me a a message on Twitter. Uh, thanks for having me on, Toby. And uh, it was difficult. Yes, it was. Um, but we did manage to get through and. Uh, there'll be some gaps in there, and was it the was it the smoothest sailing radio of all time? Probably not, but you only do the smoothest sailing of radio all time once in your life, and everything else is less than that. And this certainly was less than that, but we did pick up a lot on uh, Matt and his uh, a bit about Matthew as well. Uh, born in Rushworth, there was a lot of questions I'd love to have asked him. Really dug into it. Uh, born in Rushworth, grew up in the Gamby, connected to Juanita Breen and David Aiken. I was going to ask him a bit about his Premier Cricket connections, etc. But interesting how a lot of people that bet on harness racing are using the rating system, and he talked about using the rating system as well. And then um, his young son, Vincent, uh, has spent time in the Royal Children's Hospital. And uh, as many would know, and I've alluded to it on many times, on many occasions, uh, that is something that I am very familiar with over all these years with my son and my, my brother, Danny, is playing for SACS in the Harness Charity Challenge, and uh, that's an organisation called Supporting Aussie Kabuki Kids, and that is, of course, what my beautiful son Oliver suffers from, a condition called Kabuki Syndrome. Now, the phone box has rebooted up, so we may be right, we might take a break, and we're going to really stretch the phone box. We'll ring Garrick Knight as far away in New Zealand. Uh, if you had, didn't hear last week's show, I did a new intro for Garrick Knight. So we'll go with the new intro again, week two. He does. He didn't know um, Frank Walker from National Tales. But Frank Walker is going to be back after the break. He will, he will air the intro as such. And then he will change into me. And we will talk to Garrick about this one really key player at Hamilton tomorrow for Matty Craven. So I'll be interested to find out what sort of a horse it is. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Hello, Toby McKinnon from Trots Life. This week, Garrick Knight has a beautiful range of horses from New Zealand. The best value from New Zealand at the best Square meter prices. Knight exports at gmail.com. Garrick R. Knight on Twitter. Garrick coming spinner. Afternoon, Tobes. 
lovely to be here again. Must be close to we'd be over our year anniversary now, I suppose. Would it be? Um, I'm not quite sure when we started doing this. It feels like about five years, but I'm fairly <laughs> certain it was 12 months ago that I aced your quiz uh, during the middle of our lockdown <laughs> over here, and then you kept me on, much to the detriment of your quiz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, busy time in the harness game, as we know, Victoria. Cup night Saturday past, uh, heading towards New Zealand Cup over here. Um, yeah, everything's happening. Rock and roll, do copy that. Majestic Cruiser, maybe heading over to New Zealand. Yeah, plenty to talk about. There is uh, plenty to talk about, mate. And I note that uh, you didn't take me out for dinner for our year anniversary, but but that's okay. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Now. Uh, first and foremost, we'll tick off what we probably should as this segment's about horses in Australia. Bol Rampsky is how I'm going to say it. You might tell me it's otherwise. It's a Maddie Craven-trained horse. It has its first start potentially at Hamilton tomorrow. They might be swimming at Hamilton tomorrow, though. There's that much rain coming. Race three, number two. Tell us a little bit about Bol Rampsky. Well, that'll help if there is rain. He's a tall horse. He's a big horse. He'll get through it all right. Um, he certainly won't drown, that's for sure. Um, I noticed that this horse is in Maddie Craven's ownership. I'll, I'll assume it's a, assume it's a temporary measure. Otherwise, Maddie might have won Lotto and not told anyone about it because um, he's quite a good horse. And I know, speaking of the old connections over here, you know, they they were happy to sell because they felt like they got a great price for him. Um, but equally so, they thought they had a really promising horse on their hands. It's just just nature of the beast over here. If you're not up with the top three or four, you know, the, the Don't Stop Dreamings, the Merlins, those kind of horses, then everything's got a price. And after his resuming run at Cambridge a couple of weeks ago where he went out of hot pot and was very unlucky, um, Maddie swooped in and purchased him. So... Yep, a big strapping horse with a lot of ability. Um, I don't know that all the ring craft is there quite yet, but much, much better than a midweek horse, that is for sure. So those of you out in Hamilton, get along. You might see a pretty nice horse. Maybe take your waders with you as well, though. Uh, I. I don't know this, but I know I know on other occasions when Maddie's bought these horses, he transfers them into his name and then he syndicates them out amongst about, you know, f- maybe 40, 50 even people. And it takes a long time for him to process all of that. So um, I would say nearly without doubt that uh, there'll be a big syndicate behind this horse. And just as it's such a recent purchase, he'll just be uh, getting it in his name and then he'll be transferring it over to the syndicate and everything once all that's uh, finalised. Mate, interesting, uh, we've got no others to talk about, so, but we've got plenty of uh, else to talk about. Uh, last weekend, uh, Methven Cup, very interesting. Uh, self-assured ran third, Spankham ninth, South Coast Arden 14th. Tell us a little bit about uh, what that means for the New Zealand Cup going forward and, of course, old t- and just maybe touch on Old Town Road as well because it beat Hot and Treacherous too. And lastly, Smithy's Terror. Is it a serious horse? Some of these four-year-olds coming through now, like a Smithy's Terror, can they measure up to a New Zealand Cup? Is there something like that that we can be looking out for as well?
We'll start with Old Town Road uh, up here in Auckland. Won the Homes DG the other night. I might have put it on Twitter the other day. He's, he's a seriously fast horse with great tactical speed. He's very inexperienced, though. He's only had about 11 career starts. He's probably won eight of them. He sort of got thrown at the deep end. It's one of the problems we have up here in the northern region. There's such a, there's a real shortage of horses in that. Um, you know, let's say you, you copy that's uh, ranked a 10 out of 10 and, you, and your, your debuting maiden is ranked about a 5 out of 10. There's really a gulf in that sort of 7, 8 range. There's just no horses. And it just it continues to be a vicious circle because they get there too quickly. If you come out and, and you win two or three races quickly, suddenly you might find yourself either in a handicap or worse still, a mobile with, with you know, a hot and treacherous and a copy of that. And that's why a lot of them get sold, unfortunately, before their time because they're just not ready and the trainers and owners opt out. This horse, fortunately for fans and connections, he took to it like a duck to water. He's measured up. He he was thrown in the furnace, and, and he's, um, yeah, he's taken to it. So, yeah, very impressive horse. I spoke to John Dickey, ooh, what's today, Wednesday? It must have been Monday morning. He said, yep, full steam ahead now. We're going to Ashburton. Um, at the very minimum, he thinks he's got a horse that's just going to benefit from a trip away. He said if he doesn't make the cup, and I think he's ranked about 22nd or 3rd at the moment, so it's possible, unless there's a few departures, which there usually is. He might not make the cup field, but John's not too worried. He's got the flying stakes coming up. There's undercard races, you know, the junior free-for-all and the free-for-all on the on show day at Cup Week. So he thinks this will be the making of the horse. And um, look, John is one of the more respected horsemen in the country. Very, very good strike rate. Um, you know, we, we learnt with speeding spur, marcher of placement. He knows how to read a horse. So, look, Old Town Road, definitely on the cut pass. Not the end of the world um, in the connections of minds if he doesn't get there. But I think with his speed, um, he's definitely going to be a threat. Methlin Cup, yeah, look, funny race that. Firstly, Smithy's Terra propped him and his junior driver, Corbin Newman. Um, popular win, I, I believe. I mean, geez, he's, he was the star of the winter, this horse, and he's popped 1,000 metres on the grass, and he's He's beaten our horse of the year, self-assured. Um, bloody good run. And, I mean, he's he's probably solidified himself, or well, he's guaranteed himself a start in the cup now, basically. I guess you just always wonder whether these horses really are up to the elite three or four. But I'm not the horse. He just goes from strength to strength. He's got speed. He's tough. Obviously good manners. So, yeah, he'll be there. Um, self-assured on the face of it. Maybe a touch disappointing, but... I'm always going to back Mark and Hayden and Natalie to have their horses primed for the races with six figures, not five figures. So um, we won't write him off yet. Spank him, disappointing. He is on the probably getting a bit old in the tooth, I suppose. Um, a few others there. South Coast started very disappointing. Cranbourne started the uh, road to the cup, ranked in the top 15. He's just slid out of that, galloped again. Uh, trainers Brenton Tim White driver Matty Wimps and they'll be having headaches because he's a seriously good horse but if he can't get away from the stand he's not going to have any part to play in anything um, of great significance in Cup Week so yeah that's, that pretty much sums it up um, there's not too much else there I think Alter Wise guy probably the other one and this Friday night BD Joe who's really taken big bounds towards the Cup favouritism I think now 
with his uh, recent racing. He's a handicap fighter in the entrance, so we'll learn a little bit more about him. And lastly, mate, and we've still got plenty of time, so you got you can elaborate when you get to this. The Canterbury Cup's an interesting race. Sunday Sun returns. Uh, he's off 20 metres only, which should really suit him. Oh, he doesn't return. He did He did have a first up run where he ran eighth, I think, from memory. Oscar Bonavina, Majestic Man, Muscle Mountain. It's sort of uh, almost as good as it gets as far as trotters races in New Zealand goes. And, of course, the best trotter over the next two years is in the race as well. Hello? Five wise men. Yep, I am here. You get me? Uh, five wise men, the best trotter of the next two years. Now, um, you cut in whenever you want to cut in, Garrick, because we will have at my end now about uh, 10 or 15 seconds worth of dead air. So what I can do is just pat out and just talk quietly, which will be underneath you, uh, hopefully, as you jump in any second, as this phone box is uh, doing me absolute, uh, giving me an absolute uh, headache here today at uh, SEN Track Studio. No, I don't know if Garrick's there at all now. We might have lost him altogether, have we? Are you there, Garrick? Come in, mate. No. He's there. I can hear him there. He's listening. But the, there must be some sort of a delay. Ah. I'm going to start talking while you're still talking, Tobes. Yeah. Um, hopefully you get me. Yeah, look, very interesting trotting race this week. Uh, Sunday's done. He'll be, he galloped first up, so we'll be looking, uh, Connection will be looking to not do that this week. Uh, Muscle Mountain, yeah, look, Ben Hope, he's pretty confident this horse is um, going to be really sticking his hand up this year and possibly trying to solidify that top spot. Bolt for Brilliance, he's not there this week, but he won at Auckland the other night. Um, a dominant win, really, and Tony Hurley, he's signalled his intentions to go south for the Dominion and then on to Melbourne for the Inter-Dominion. So, yeah, look, the Canterbury Park Trotting Cup this week. Smoking Bandar, the other one worth mentioning, I suppose. He was very, very electric, winning from the trail last week for Craig Ferguson. Um, he just needs a similar trip, and he's shown he's up to the slot. And probably before I go, um, it's getting difficult with these delays, unfortunately. Um, we'll just touch quickly on the, the other group race. Is there on Friday night? Big battle, two hundred thousand dollars harness million for the two-year-old Colts. The three best horses in the race have drawn the three worst draws. Merlin, unbeaten for Barry Purden and Scott Feeland, draws the outside of the front line. Ultra Meteor, stunning horse on a trajectory towards greatness, draws the inside of the second line. Don't stop dreaming. Another unbeaten speedster, a freak. For Mark Purden, Hayden Cullen, outside of the back line. So, yeah, um, that's really cast the net wide here for punters. They will have plenty of options. I spoke to co-trainer Scott Feeling last night for a story I was doing, and he said, look, our viewpoint's this. Of the best three, Merlin's come up with the best draw because he's got options. He can go back, but he can go forward if, if Zach Butcher wants to. So that, to me, is going to be the race of the weekend on either side of the ditch. Um, and I think it's probably going to solidify um, who was the best two-year-old colt in the country. And ahead of the big side stakes final on New Zealand Cup Day, traditionally for the three-year-olds, but now the two-year-olds, 
even though it's the same horses born at the same time of the year. Hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, that will be very, very interesting watching because historically, whatever horse wins that race usually will go on to be the top dog for the rest of the year. All right, Garrick, uh, thank you very much for coming on, mate. I won't even wait for a response from you because it takes us a bit. The delay gets longer and longer as the conversation goes, I reckon. So uh, by the time you get this, um, we'll probably have the results of the Inter-Dominion this year. So um, we, won't, we won't wait for a response for you, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Garrick Knight, every week uh, he's brought to you by himself, Garrick R. Knight. If you want to buy a horse from New Zealand, uh, he's the man to talk to. I had a great conversation with uh, Jeffrey Cloud at Warrigal the other day, just talking about, you know, Jeffrey doesn't uh, buy any horses from New Zealand. He breeds his own, but he, he still loves that Garrick segment. So uh, it's always great to get that sort of feedback, in particular for our great mate, Garrick, who uh, it's great of him to come on every week. Now, big fella, thank you. He's got a few 20-cent coins lying around. If you need to pump them into the old phone box to keep the line going, have a river day. Thanks, big fella. And uh, these things happen every so often, mate. And um, I think we just got to embrace it. And we've got to say, yep, that's what's going on. And then we go out in the ad breaks. We go out to the tech team and and I look at them uh, lovingly and hope that they come up with some sort of a miracle in the next four minutes as we take this break. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back. It is Trot's Life and... I can talk to myself and the delay between me answering won't be as long as the last one. We've had more going on in between uh, the ad break. Tim, the tech, Tim, the tool man, Tim, the tool man and the tech came in and uh, we've done a little bit more. Uh, Hopefully we'll get the toolbox up and running for Adam Logan off the back of the next break. Big fella says our harness horse ready to go. Toby in the next week, getting excited. Can we get a name? Big fella. And from 820, hi, Toby Wise, Ballarat installing a sprint lane for the minute that is 30 slash 40 into the straight instead of at a point of entering the straight. Wouldn't this be detrimental to the point of the sprint lane? I've got 14 seconds to try and explain something very intricate. I uh, probably can't do that in 40, 14 seconds. But it's about what they call the transition. So uh, the, the, the home straight and the bend have different amounts of camber. So the bend on the, the bend at Ballarat has a higher angle compared to the straights. And as that angle transitions back down to where the angle of the straight is, that's what we call the transition. So it's where you put the sprint lane is more about the transition because uh, it's very intricate sort of stuff. It's nothing to do with giving horses a better or a worse chance or anything like that. So... I hope that gives you some sort of info anyway. Let's get to the 12 o'clock news. We'll come back the other side, and we're going to go to Adam Logan in Queensland. And let's hope it's not from a telephone booth on a highway. The SEN app is now compatible with Apple CarPlay. On that, with your host... 
Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. And all the small things do matter. Blink 182 coming in a couple of years. Tomo, the producer, is trying to get me to go. Sounds good. Sounds like good fun, actually. Uh, big fella's horse's name. Uh, he has sent it in. It's Where's the Gold? And Patrick says, is Big Fella holding out on us? Nah, never he would do that. Now, our next guest is Adam Logan. I, I think, firstly, Adam, I'll give you three questions. One, how are you? Where are you? And is Adam Logan your name, or is it Ben Pugsley? And tell us a bit about that. Yeah, g'day, Tavey. Um, I'm pretty well, thanks. I hope everyone is down there as well. I'm uh, in Glasshouse Mountains in Queensland, and um, I'm a little bit drier than you, but it is a bit threatening. Um, and my name is Adam, and Ben Pugsley... Um, my porn name, first pet, first street <laughs> I lived in. So that's how I got that on the Twitter machine. <laughs> now, for people listening, I had no idea about that. Uh, first, we teed it up about five minutes ago, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so my <laughs> my first right, the first street I lived on was Victoria, and my first dog's name was Muffin, which short was Muff. So we will not go down that track now. Mate, I want to take you back to, I met you, I don't know if you remember this, do you remember we were having a beer together on the Redwood Rattler? The Redwood Rattler. seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? That was a good day. It was, yeah, that was a while ago, but yeah, it was awesome. That was uh, one of the best days of the trots I've had for a while. Now, I reckon from memory, you lived in Geelong at that time, but you certainly don't now, as you're telling us you live in the Glasshouse Mountains. So is that right? You're living in Geelong, or had you travelled down for the... Yeah, I was I was at that stage, yeah. Um, so some things changed for me, and I'm able to repatriate myself to Queensland, where I was originally from. So, um, yeah, quite happy. Now, the Harness Charity Challenge, as far as I recall, you've been in it every year for all I can remember. Is that right? And... Uh, it's something you no, enjoy this doing. this is my second go. Second go, is it? Well, there you go. So tell us a bit yeah. about your involvement in the Harness Charity Challenge in past years and and uh, this year as well, in particular teaming up with someone by the name of Jimmy Herb. Yeah, well, um, I guess I sort of saw the Harness Charity Challenge going for a few years and um, I always enjoyed um, month of October. There's a few really gun tipsters on there. And um, so I would sort of follow what they were doing a bit and I sort of definitely increased my turnover and mm. I thought it was awesome. The money was going to a, um, some really good causes. Yep. And, um, yeah, so last year, um, you might not know, James is a Queenslander as well. Um, he was born up here in Caboolture. Yep. And I've known him pretty much all his life and his family. So um, shout out to Jody and Ash if you're listening. Um, and, um, yeah, I just said to him, um, want to have a crack at this? Do you want to, are you in? He said, yeah, we'll go in. And, um, I think we came fourth or fifth last year. Um, and so we decided to come back this year and prove to everyone that it was a fluke. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty dire so far. Yeah, but I don't think 
and that's what it's about for you, is it? You, you've you've almost admitted at the top, you know, there's all these gun tipsters in it, almost like you've got no chance, but you know the 250's going to a charity that's a worthwhile cause because, as we've heard from so many people that I've interviewed on this very show about it, they're all such worthwhile causes, aren't they? Oh, yeah, it's amazing, amazing charities. It really opens your um, eyes up to the good work that's getting done. And, yeah, like we were lucky to get a bit extra for our charities last year um, and um, they were really thankful. Um, I tipped for Save the Vilbies and yep. um, James tips for McGrath Foundation. So we, they each got about $1,000 from us last year and I know it made a massive difference to, um, to the Vilbies guys. Um, you know, they're quite a small organisation and, yeah, so, um, yeah, and whoever gets it, and I know that um, Jaden Bruins' charity is probably looking pretty good at the moment. They're, um, yeah, they're all really worthwhile causes. Well, let's talk a bit about Save the Bilbies because it's something <coughs> I, I didn't know a lot about, but uh, there's only, they were down to about 10,000 Bilbies, and uh, that's 8,500 in the wild and about 1,500 in sanctuaries, and... Save the Bilbies is set up in Charleville and they've got a breeding program and a sanctuary and everything. How much do you know about all of that? And tell us a bit about why in particular the Save the Bilbies. Um, well, the reason for why for me is um, oh, probably 15 years ago or so, I was lucky enough, um, I was out west in Queensland at an event and they had a Bilby at the event and um, I was lucky enough to give it a cuddle Um and they're the coolest animals you can imagine. Um, they're, they, it's, they're like velvet. They're so soft, and it was beautiful. And um, and so since then, I was like, oh, these are cool, and I've found a bit more out about them, and um, they're obviously very vulnerable to predation by um, especially cats, and there's a lot of wild cats around um, Queensland bush. Yeah. And... Um, and it just, you know, it's sort of been at the stage with only 10,000, it's, um, it's a population or a, or a species that's very much on the edge of um, whether it could become extinct or or kick on. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that that was something that was worthwhile to um, to support the charity, and I've supported them um, regularly for ever since, pretty much. So, um, yeah, um, and I really hope that yeah they've got their breeding program, and and we get updates on that. Um, sort of every every few months, and yeah, it looks like they've had some successful breedings, and um, yeah, they've got a predator-proof enclosure that's quite massive, quite a few acres. So yeah, they're um, they're doing excellent work, and yeah, just uh, sort of makes me happy that there's some native animals that Australians um, is doing their best to look after. Twenty-five square kilometre. Uh, enclosure fenced in 25 square kilometres must be big in the Karawinya National Park. Can you do you know? Can you actually go there and go in and see them like in that in that area? I I couldn't I didn't note that or see oh, that. But I haven't you? been that far. I haven't been out there. So, yeah, but yeah. they they did say that you're welcome to visit them in Charleville. So, um, yeah, that was my plan. This next time I can get up there, that I'm going to go and see them. And Herbie, he plays for the McGrath Foundation, which is something that we all know very well. We have the Pink Day and everything, and uh, he stitched me up on the Pink Day actually for to the tune of four hundred dollars. And he reckoned he was going to pay half of it back, but I never got it out of him. Would you be surprised? 
<laughs> no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> what? So how often do you talk to Herbie and, and how does that work? Take us through that side of it. Just, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, young people, they don't talk, they don't do the phone. So um, <laughs> we generally, uh, we do a bit of Facebook. He's tried to get me to Snapchat, but I won't do that. Um, yeah, so we just uh, we just send the odd message. Um yeah, and try and remind him that he needs to tip. So if he's listening, it's your day today, James. Um, yeah, but uh, no, he's going really good. Um, it's been really good to see him grow up, and and now he's kicking some goals in the cart. So um, yeah, he's um, he's a really good young fella, and yeah, I'm really happy for him. You sound like almost like a proud uncle there. Well, kind of. Well, I think I might have changed a nappy or two when he was young. So. Right. <laughs> um, if he has a bad drive, I think he still needs his nappy change sometimes. But that's not an insult. That, that's not an insult to him. That just shows how competitive he is and how much it means to him. Even you know, even on a midweek meeting somewhere, if he has a bad drive, he gets really frustrated at himself, which he shouldn't. But that's the competitive instinct of the kid, I suppose. Yeah, and he does plenty of good ones, so yeah. we can forgive him. A hundred percent. Well, you are thirty fifth. 31st currently, negative 375. Do you start uh, looking at Hail Mary soon or have they started already? No, I think we're just going to keep trying to find those, you know, five and six and $10 winners um, and just, you know, work our way from there. There's still uh, 20 days to go, so, um, or 19 days to go, so we're still, um, I wouldn't be panicking just yet. you know, I think I've sort of watched in years past, and even if you just got positive by, you know, five hundred or a thousand dollars at the end, um, you're often around the money. So, yeah, um, things can change pretty fast. So, we'll uh, we'll do our best. Hundred percent. And Pogger, to us chatting with Poggy yesterday by text, he feels like it's day one hundred and eleven, not day eleven. By the way, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty big month for him. And it's a massive job. It is a massive job. Well, I should really work out with him. We can get uh, however he does it. I'd love to see it, and maybe we can uh, do it on on a Google Sheet or something, and get a couple of people helping him out somehow. We'll have to take that offline with him, I think, and, and I'd, I'd be happy to help him out somewhere. It must be massive. Adam, mate, uh, you're not coming back down for the Redwood Rattler this year? Uh, no, not this year. I'm sort of hopeful of making an Indominion round of the Indominion or the final. Um, i just have to see how, how everything plays out. But, yeah, um, I, won't, I won't be at the, at the Rattler, I don't think. You, have you got shares in horses with anyone or anything like that? <laughs> Um, yeah, I've got just a little share in one. Um, we'll probably, shan't, probably won't talk too much about him. He's, he's full zero, zero, zero. So, yeah, well, we might wait till things look up there. Who, who trains that for you? Uh, James and Ashley. James and Ash. Oh, that, that's not that. Yeah. Um, get uh, Got to have a hobby or gotta something. Ha- yeah, got to have a hobby. Yeah, I, I tipped it a couple of weeks ago at Bendigo. It looked like it drew drew to be a real threat at its best, um, but it didn't go at its best, did it? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure they're. Um, I'm sure they. I'm sure they got him figured out. James has. Uh, James has told me he's. Um, he's changed a few things, so hopefully, he, uh, looks a bit better next time we see him. 
One more stranger one for you. We're at the pot of gold. The year, or oh, maybe about '92 or '93, when Ash won the pot of gold at Rockley. At Rockley, I know the horse actually. Um, yeah. Little black horse. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I do remember. I think I might have moved down to Brisbane. Yeah. I'm originally from Mackay, so I moved down maybe the year after. But um, yeah, he was a famous little horse. That one. So. Can't think of his name. I did have a few, few spins around Rockley back in the day. Did you as a as an actual driver or just working them? Yeah. Yep. yep. Very a trainer driver. Uh, trainer driver. Very good. All right, mate. Uh, I'll let you go. Thanks for coming on and uh, love the bill. Right, I love the Bilby's thing as well. It was great to get a different tack from someone and hopefully uh, you can get another little earn for him as well because it looks like money very well spent. Yeah, thanks, Heath Davey. There is Adam Logan from Queensland, a regular on Twitter. And by regular, we're talking, I reckon he can punch out 80 or 90 in a day. A break. We'll come back the other side. Might see if I could slot Darren Carroll in now that the phone line seems like it's working. We'll give Darren a ring and, and see if we can get some tips from him for today. Um, it was, he was planned for 11.30, so there'd be no stress. If he can't, he can't. Otherwise, uh, I'll make something up for the next 10 minutes. I might even talk about, uh, a little bit more about, uh, SACS, uh, the organisation my brother's playing for. Days with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life and Darren Carroll is on the line. He's good enough to join us and um, Darren was the first person to pick up that whenever I get people on, I ask him two questions. How are you and where are you? And he rings me, whenever he rings me now, Darren, he says, Toby, how are you and where are you? So Darren, how are you and where are you today? I'm going good, Toby, um, and I'm just at home in the study doing some uh, some, some study. Um, plenty of trials to catch up on. Been back in the bush for a few days, so got loads to catch up on. Well, very good. So thank you for your time. Uh, did you remember Adam Logan on that Redwood Rattler? I certainly did. How could you forget Adam Logan <laughs> on that Redwood Rattler? Now, can you imagine that man cuddling a bilby? No. <laughs> like, it just didn't say, like, he's a big, gross sort of, he looks like a rugby player for those people listening at home, and uh, he's obviously a big softy at heart. He must be. He was a chook farmer, I think, from memory, or, um, when he was on That's the right. Rattler on occasion. Yeah. Well, geez, you're doing well. <laughs> that was a long day that day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, get along this year. Yeah, get along this year. Should be a wonderful, wonderful time. Now, uh, Darren, firstly, uh, you did do a few tips for um, Gareth Hall for Giddy Up, and we've been replaying those because there's no point wasting your time to get the same tips. But thought it'd be good to get you on live for a couple of reasons one, for the tips, and then for Orange Sky, who you're playing in the Harness Charity Challenge for. So, firstly, mate, give us some tips for today. Yeah, quickly give you a couple of tips. Um, they couldn't. They had obviously the same problems this morning, so I wasn't on live this morning. But yeah. uh, so I like uh, one at each meeting. Race three number eight, Champagne Charlie. I picked this one up um, with the uh, the Trox Vision from the horse's mouth segment that we did when we were watching the trials. 
I've really liked this horse, always have. It's only had the 15 starts, wouldn't have just one race. But it's got form around horses like Olavici, Alabaran Zeus. So that's the kind of level that it stepped up to in the past. It's had a spell since April um, and really liked its trial. And just feel like today the class suits and providing it behaves. It's just found the winnable race. So it's about even money, so no spoils. But uh, confident that you know if you want to mould it up with my next one, then it's the way to go. It's even money to trot all the way. And if it trots all the way, it wins, basically. Shoot. Mm. And Absolutely. Echuca tonight, which is interesting. Echuca tonight. Um, most most people will understand that Echuca is one of our smaller tracks in the state. So oh. if I'm tipping one, I always like to tip a leader, or certainly one that's right on the speed. So um, I'll have to be patient. So race nine, number four, Argy Bargy. Uh, Love to lead this horse. The only problem might be um, River Patrol out wide, um, but I'm hoping that um, it doesn't go forward too aggressively and, and attack us too hard. But... Argy Bargy uh, finds the lead around this track. Doesn't look like a lot of mid-race pressure. Um, only needs a you know a little bit of an easy time. It's no star, but I think it's found the right race, the right map, and gives itself every chance to get back in the winners list tonight. It's about about three forty or something like that. The last time I looked, is that right, Toby? Oh, I actually haven't got it up because I'm I'm just yeah. so disappointed in you. <laughs> what did I do this time? Race race eight number one. Uh, yes, I saw it there. <laughs> I must admit, um, I was tempted, but I was just a little bit concerned about some pressure in the race um, coming from the from the, um, the Mark Pitt horse. So, yes, I did see it there, and I no doubt if I didn't pick up the phone that you would have been tipping it and putting it into <laughs> your um, into your calculations today. Well, Am I right? Well, it loves the short distance. It loves the lead. It does Glenbull hands up to no man, no beast. Uh, he's our version of that, and yes. it ticks a lot of boxes. It's got a great record at Echuca as well. I think it'll go very close. It's $4.80. Argy Bargy. Well, why don't we tip that as well then, Toby, and, and uh, encourage people to have something each way on that? Yep, Argy Bargy, $3.75. Like, it, it may, if it cops a lot of pressure, sweet creation, it probably still can still place. If it cops no yep. pressure, it's going to be in front, and I say this a lot, it's going to be in front for a long, long way, and it's going to give us a yeah. great sight, and we'll definitely a, run a place. Yeah, it's a classic horse. Like, if you look at its current form and look at its past two starts, you say, well, why are they tipping this horse? But you go back three starts ago, yep. again, when it gets the conditions it suits, and it loves to lead. Um, so you just got to go on the situations when it finds the front and uh, it just grows a leg. Mate, you're playing in Harness Charity Challenge, which you've done many, many times, and uh, you're supporting it in a number of ways as well. Firstly, uh, tell us a bit about Orange Sky, who you're playing for, who uh, do some great work for homeless people. Yeah, I was, I was probably doing a little bit of research on trying to find a charity. I think I... I I um, played for this guy, these guys last year, and I just stumbled across this one. Um, and all it was was a couple of guys, young blokes from Brisbane, who actually put a washing machine in the back of their van and went around to um, parks and streets, etc., um, to give you know the uh, the rough sleepers an opportunity to wash their clothes, freshen up. Um, and I just loved the story, and it really resonated to me. You know, I'm a fortunate person. Uh, you know, I've got a roof on my head, but you know, sometimes it just hits hard when you see people that are less fortunate than yourself. And I felt that this was a really good cause. Um, it's not only just washing facilities and giving them showers, but it's also 
um, the volunteers sitting down with these people while they're doing their washing and stuff like that and just mm. treating them like humans and hearing their stories and, and the reasons why they've got into the situations they are. And it's also giving these people some self-confidence that, you know, they have some freshness about them as well. And I just, I just love the whole story. So it started off with two guys, two young 20-year-olds, so unbelievable story from Brisbane. And now they've got 27 vans all around Australia. So I just thought it was one of those things um, I'd like to highlight. And um, if people see it around in the traps, then support the charity. For every hour of load of washing, there's two hours of conversation, which is an interesting way. So it's more than just washing the clothes, and you touched on it. They get to sit and talk to someone and and. Yep. And share their their you know what's going on in their lives, which has obviously been pretty troubling to get into the position that they're in. So, yeah, absolutely I love that, mate. Now, won't let you go without one other thing as well. Uh, Harness Charity Challenge related. You're donating five percent of the overall prize money of Don't Care. So, uh, if he wins ten thousand dollars as a horse, he gets. Uh, you'll donate five hundred dollars from your share of the of the money, mate. Uh, amazing, generous uh, donation. Yeah, he's a lovely horse, and I just thought that um, he was going to race in a couple of nice races over the course of October, and I just thought that. My chances of winning because of the standard of this competition is just unheard of. Um, and I just wanted to give a little bit more if I could. And um, I just felt like it was a way of just promoting the whole charity a little bit more. Uh, fortunate enough that he already had a win at um, at Melton a couple of weeks ago. So he was able to donate another 570 to the to the total pool. He's running around in the, uh, the Maribyrnong Cup, which is up 30,000 on, on Sunday. He's got to be a, you know, a nice chance in that race. So... Yeah, you know, I want all our charities to get behind it because um, hopefully we'll get some more money for it. You probably should have changed his name to Do Care for the month. <laughs> it's funny that his uh, his uh, nickname is Ed after Ed Sheeran, going by the fact of Matthew Pierce. You're yeah. talking about the Ed Sheeran, so. <laughs> um, but I must touch on that. Can I just say that that is an unbelievable tipping effort, eight in a row. Like, no matter what you're doing, whether they're odds on favourites and none of them were odds on but that is just unheard of and also the standard of the competition like I'm sitting on I think 12 got a profit of about a bit over $900 and I'm yeah. nowhere near it yeah. and yeah. in other years I'd be probably at least close to top five um, I think I'm going okay but I, I've got no hope um, Jaden Bruin just Another level. So, <laughs> yeah, um, he hasn't just tipped the one winner either, Jaden. He's followed up with plenty of others. Too. Absolutely. Charity, he's bloody $200 on things at $5 and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. But, you know, I loved his story last week. Um, I, that really hit home. And um, as soon as I, I listened to, to him, it was uh, such a courageous and inspirational way in which he, uh, he came across last week. So, well done to him and well done for you for, for allowing us to to get all that information. And and again, well done to you, Darren, for your support of it because if Jaden wins it uh, with Don't Care, you, you're donating, tipping in nearly an extra thousand or so to it, if, particularly if he wins the Maryborough Cup on Sunday. Race 7, number 4 at 3.09pm. We'll be tuning in and cheering on Don't Care, who's... Uh, we can nearly do an hour on that horse. Just uh, he's been involved in charities and donations from uh, day one. But yeah, he has, hasn't he? Yeah. We, we don't have time to go into that now, mate. Thanks so much, and three tips, for, three tips for today as well. And uh, hope we can get a win in the Harness Charity Challenge. Let's go, Glen Bull. Let's go, Glen. Thanks, Darren.
See ya. Is now compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to SEN Track. And without that Ollie 10 minutes, I've got uh, 10 minutes of spare time here. And uh, I think it's only fitting that uh, I indulge in my own story, I suppose, and uh, most would know my brother Danny is playing for Sax, which I've referenced a few times over the last few weeks, and that's uh, supporting Aussie Kabuki kids. And see if I get through this. Um, if, if it gets too hard, I might have to stop. But my son Oliver was born uh, about, uh, well, February uh, 10 years ago, 10 and a half years ago. And um, the first six months of his life weren't too bad, but uh, he wasn't going well. They took him, they asked to take him off uh breast milk. And at that point, and the key to that is there's immunoglobulins, which are the things that uh, fight illness in breast milk. And when he stopped getting that, he started getting sick all the time, like really sick. He was regressing. Um, he was getting lighter. He wasn't progressing at all. And by the age of 14 months, they told us that um, he probably only had six months to live. They couldn't work out what was wrong with him at that point. Uh, and he, he would never walk and never talk. And we probably had six months with him, which was, which was pretty tough at the time, as you could imagine. Um, and we saw a geneticist and on the hope that he might be able to diagnose him. And this brilliant geneticist, um, heard all the symptoms and he recalled at university reading a page in this very rare syndrome called Kabuki syndrome. And he did a few more tests and some more, um, there's certain things that they have on their ends of their fingers called uh, persistent fetal pads. And he still had those. And he was then confirmed um, having a genetic mutation, which confirms the Kabuki syndrome diagnosis. Now, not many people would know what Kabuki syndrome was. I certainly didn't know what it was. But uh, it's an illness that's one in 34, 35. 5,000 births. Um, it's very rare. Most kids with Kabuki syndrome uh, die in the initial uh, two years of their life, like about 50%. Their average lifespan is about 13 years. Um, so he's uh, he's getting up towards that at 10, but he's going really well at the moment. There's issues when they hit uh, puberty, so um, he'll do that. Now, what is Kabuki syndrome? Well, it can affect every organ and every process of the human body. So Oliver is, uh, it's effectively the gene that turns on processes in utero doesn't turn everything on properly. So it's like the light switch only gets 90% of the power. So it never runs perfectly. It never sets things up perfectly. So he's uh, mentally handicapped. Uh, he goes to a special school. He's got uh, eyesight issues. He has a big cleft palate. He struggles to eat and swallow. Um, he has, uh, no heart issues that we're aware of. He's got, uh, intestine issues, kidney problems, lung problems. He has joint, uh, laxity, which means he wears sort of modern day forest gumps on his legs to help him walk. 
Uh, he has trouble pushing a button because his joints are so loose. Uh, his fingers bend back up again. I can actually put his feet uh, closed together behind his head, uh, which I'm not told not to do because it's not good for his hips, but uh, it's a pretty good party trick. His biggest problem is his immune uh, compromise. So uh, the, the normal scale for his part of his immune system that's compromised is four to nine. And when he got diagnosed with Kabuki syndrome, they tested that because it's uh, quite well, not common, but a number of Kabuki kids have this issue. And he wasn't on the normal scale between four to nine. He was something like 0.1. So he wasn't even near it, which gave them a clue as to then um, what, where, what was causing him to get sick so often. So now he gets a special infusion. It takes 2,000 blood donations a week. And they take the antibodies out of those blood donations. And we literally... Um, my ex or myself, depending on who he's with, we literally infuse them into his body. We're able to do that at home. The Royal Children's Hospital provided us with training so that we could do that at home. So without those antibodies, he just doesn't have any to fight illness. So as soon as he got sick with something, uh, he would just uh, he would just uh, go downhill very quickly and end up in the Royal Children's. We nearly lost him a few times when he was in a pretty intensive care there, but he survived all of that. Now, Sachs, who my brother is playing for, uh, supporting Aussie Kabuki kids. Now, we that organisation doesn't have many members because there's probably only uh, 25 members across Victoria, as in uh, across Australia. They're all the Kabuki kids that basically I know of in Australia. Now, what they what they did once we were diagnosed. Uh, they had an information pack, which wouldn't mean much to many people. But if I told you tomorrow, your kid's got a syndrome you've never heard of and you, you just don't know anything about it now, that information pack covered everything. So all the problems that are regularly occurring in Kabuki kids, which affects every organ and every process of the human body, so that skin and everything, uh, were all listed out in a pack. It was You couldn't download it on the internet in one go. It had to be broken up into five different sections because it was just too big to download. Uh, so once we were diagnosed and registered, they sent out a hard copy of the pack as well um, with all that information. And what it allowed us to do as parents was go, all right, so we need to get his heart checked. We need to get his lungs checked. We need to get his intestines checked. We need to get everything checked that's common uh, with Kabuki kids. So it wasn't the doctor, doctors just saying, uh, look, he, he better get this and this and this and this done. We could read about uh, why uh, we were getting these things done. So you could go in to an appointment and we would be a step ahead of the doctors in our knowledge. And that was what that information pack did. I hope that uh, makes sense. So that information pack was essential. And they also have um, uh, days and uh, like we were been to Adelaide on one occasion to meet all the other Kabuki kids and to Wollongong on another occasion and uh, just to meet other families that are going through similar things. Uh, we meet an ap- met an absolute beautiful boy from Geelong. Uh, when there's only 25 in Australia, it's not normally too many not far away. So I met a beautiful boy in Geelong, Bryce, who uh, he was about 11 or 12 at the time. He passed at maybe age 14 um, and 
they talk about Joel Selwood. What that man did for that boy was amazing. He got him in, Joel Selwood, actually, uh, into the team photo that year, not long before he passed away, uh, which was very special to, I know, to the family. And then Joel came to the funeral, Joel Selwood, of his own volition, came to the funeral, spoke at the funeral, uh, was amazing stuff. Uh, as I go off on a tangent, of course, but that boy, Bryce, who has passed, um, it was a beautiful little boy. And I think the beauty about the Kabuki kids and going to Saks was meeting all the other kids. And you could see some kids. There was a 32-year-old uh, boy there. And hearing that he, seeing him and meeting him and hearing he had a job at a supermarket, I don't think he was the CEO of uh, Woolworths by any stretch of the imagination, but he had a job and he had something in his life was really inspiring to meet those other, other families and to know that um, all the hard work and uh, therapies that we were going through at that time um, was was worth it because you can get your child to a point where they can contribute to society. So, you know, at that stage, once he was diagnosed, we there was two to three uh, um, therapies each week, speak, speech therapy, eating therapy, uh, physiotherapy, hydrotherapy. There were so many therapies that cost an arm and a leg at the time. Uh, thankfully now there's NDIS funding, which covers a lot of it. There was none at that time. And Yarra Valley Racing, uh, under the leadership of Brett Shambrook, and um, they ran a couple of fundraising race meetings uh, for Oliver at the time and raised uh, somewhere in the vicinity of probably 50 grand over the two race meetings that uh, basically paid for all those therapies and everything. So the racing industry really got behind us as a family and Oliver at that time. So uh, it's been a long journey few texts coming in. Uh, thanks, Shannon. Shannon Nixon with a with a uh, the muscle arm and and a heart. Uh, it's nice, nice, Shannon. Thank you. So, yeah, it's been hard, but that's who my brother is playing for, uh, supporting Aussie Kabuki kids, and um, we we hope that uh, we can snag a winner and uh, get some uh, some money for them. It's a very small organisation that uh, runs off the smell of an oil, oily rag, um, but it's uh, well been. Uh, they've been well worth it to me and to our journey with Oliver, who's uh, an amazing little boy. And probably the best thing about him is that um, he's so little. He, he's ten, but he's smaller than my five-year-old daughter. To give you an idea, he's uh, fully grown. You probably get to somewhere in the vicinity of 25, 30 kilos. That's what he's on track to be. But he's got this this absolute beautiful disposition on life. He's a happy little boy. Uh, Kev the Carpenter. Wow, Wombat. Parents like you and your wife are amazing. Praying for the best for your child, Kev the Carpenter. Oh, thanks, Kev. Uh, wow, what a story about your brave son, Oliver. Toby, seriously got lumps in the throat just listening. Don't know what to say. Cheers, big fella. Thank you, big fella. No, it's uh, all good, mate. He's a beautiful little boy and... It's, uh, he came into a, into a great country in Australia and a lot of great people and great hospital networks. So he's pretty fortunate in that sense. That's the show. That's Wednesday with Wombat and, uh, enjoy sharing those things with people and with the family. I'll let you go. We'll come back the other side. We've got the Palmer bet segment and then the boys have got a big afternoon and Miles Fitzner. Can have a big fill up with tags, I assume.